20-somethings who are either married or in committed relationships who say their unions are more secure and more honest because they don't believe in monogamy. I just took off my clothes and I had to do it. Talking about swinging, or as it's known now, living in the lifestyle. We're going to have to give you some monogamy. Technically, an orgy requires a minimum of six participants. This is a new generation of swingers. Waves are coming at you on Friday, Saturday, by Sunday, your nuts gonna be drained. Oh, 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 oh. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Swinging Around, the sex positive podcast about swinging and sex. I'm Cal. I'm JB. And this is episode 31. Sex is in the air. Ooh, hopefully it's not too smelly. <laughs> well, I mean, if sex is in the air, sex has a certain smell to it. So I'm just, there is the there's the sex there smell. is the sex smell, which is mostly semen and sweat and pussy juice. Yeah, Ugh. <laughs> well, that's quite the cocktail. When you break it down, you know it's not as sexy as it, as as your mind thinks it is. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. And bo a little bit in there too. Well, I mean, I guess you said sweat. So yeah, yeah. So. It's it's the new year, 2014, and what better way to start off than to talk about sex resolutions? Indeed, indeed. But where you, I don't know. Why don't you describe what you're talking about? Because I'm not sure exactly what so, would be a sex resolution that we. So would... you know how people have New Year's resolutions, and it's usually like I'm going to lose weight, or mm-hmm. I'm going to get in better shape, I'm going to get in better health. Well, you can have the same thing about your sex life. That's true. So. Um, I've heard of people saying that they're going to do a 365 day sex challenge, for example, and making the resolution to have sex a certain number of times a week with their partner. I've for heard example. of the 30 day sex challenge. I haven't like, uh, uh, 365 day and all that. There's is... there's a blog about it actually. I don't remember what it is. You can probably just Google it. But I know somebody was was hosting a blog about 365 day sex challenge. They're talking about there's days where you just don't want to have Could sex. Could you double but... up though? And I don't know. I, I didn't. <laughs> Could you I didn't double up and then closely. so two times on Saturday and I skip Sunday? I don't think so. No, I think it's every day. Like yeah. not 365 sex sessions. It's 365 days of sex, but just some kind of you know New Year's resolution. And in looking through our previous year of episodes, last year on Valentine's Day, I made a Valentine's Day resolution. It wasn't for the year, but the resolution to spend more time pleasuring you. And we did, and I, I remember we we dedicated a weekend to playing a, a board game together. It was called Monogamous, the board game, and uh, we dedicated time to one well, another. To be or hot date, hot was, affair. Yeah, now it's called Monogamy. Actually, is what it's called. Yeah, you got that all wrong. I the, did. The board game we, we played is called we, a Hot Affair. We talked about it on a previous episode, uh-huh. and we have a board game that we like a lot, and our version is called The Hot Affair, mm-hmm. and they've since rebranded it as Monogamy. Yeah, and so you can check you you can find that board game on Amazon. It's yep. it's 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 a board game mostly for couples. You could modify it for multiple couples but it's mostly yeah. for two people we and we did have a really good time with that yeah um, but so so getting back i was just thinking about the year that was 2013 and the year that's coming in 2014 and just thinking about is there anything that i would want to change or make a resolution about for 2014 so does anything come to mind for you it does but i want to hear yours first i haven't made one so, and that's really kind of what the episode is about. And the the main topic that I wanted to talk about is just getting in the mood for sex and and creating a sexy environment when life is getting in the way. And I mean, those of you who are listeners, you know, we just had a baby. So come up with one. I want to hear one. So I I think my resolution come up then, with a sex a, a sex illusion. Sex illusion. That's that's a good word. Um, <laughs> my my resolution. Solution. Yeah, I, would, I said it wrong. Would be first. to be more open minded about having sex like to to not let you're a swinger how like what do you mean <laughs> I'm, not, I'm how getting, are you not over I'm, I'm getting to that so I'm, I'm formulating this as we go i don't want to have just blank air so i'm 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 talking as i'm thinking so we'll just think think of i am would you difficult? let me talk something that you'd like to be different or improved about your about I know. your sex life i am i'm i'm trying to to phrase it appropriately so what i'm thinking is that I would like to, I said be more open-minded about sex, but what I really mean is be less distracted. So as a woman, I think other women will will agree with me that they're like this. My brain is constantly 
going in a thousand different directions at a time. So I'm, you know, I might be doing one thing. I might be making dinner, but in my head I'm thinking, okay, when do I got to feed the baby next? Oh, I got to run downstairs and get the load of laundry out of the dryer. Oh, I, you know, there's always 50 million thoughts in my head about what I need to do and what I should be doing and what time I don't have to do it in. And because of it, sex is usually in the very, very back of my mind. So I want to take the time to turn off my brain when it's time for sex and actually focus on the sex at hand. Because it's, it's easy to be in the moment and having sex, but have your brain be elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know about for you. I know it's, it's a common woman problem that they sometimes their brain is just thinking other things. And so sometimes that leads to people having a hard time orgasming actually it's so. stereotypical but no i don't have that problem it's just it's the stereotypical main response but no when i'm when i'm in the moment when i'm when i when i got it in and i'm pounding deep that's yeah that's what it is. and see for me you could be pounding deep and like 90 percent of my brain is on the you pounding deep and the other 10 is elsewhere and i i want to make the resolution to to put 100 percent of myself into sex when we're going to have sex and while we're doing it that's a good one I don't like admitting that there's times where 100% where 100% of myself isn't dedicated to the sex. You know, I like that's that's hard to admit that oh we could be fucking and my brain is elsewhere. It's like, well no, not 100% of it, but there's sometimes that like thought mm-hmm. in the back of your mind or whatever. It's being truthful. Mhm. And it's it doesn't mean that I'm not enjoying myself while we're having sex. It just means that I'm distracted. Well, and recognizing it and wanting to change it, that's a step to, you know, it's mm-hmm. a good step. And I would say that that's that's something that has been a part of our sex life probably since we've been together. Because when we were in college, there was always something that I, you know, oh, I got to be studying. Oh, I have this homework. I have that paper to write or whatever. You know, there's there's always been something. Maybe not so much right after we got married or, you know, when, during the time period where I wasn't in school anymore and I was just working. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any kids yet. So maybe then there was less of that, uh, you know, back, back in the back of the mind thought. But, I mean, now with a baby, there's just even more so to think mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my resolution, to be less distracted or more focused. That's good. What about you? Well, mine, I hadn't really thought about it. Well, I mean, I knew that I wanted to, like, this is, like, something I want to work towards. But, I mean, I guess it's a sex resolution. I And it's weird because it's a little, like, I don't want to, it's a little, the chauvinistic part of my mind is still a little embarrassing. But I've said it on the show, like, I like anal play mm-hmm. on you, like, on I like playing with you, but I also like it on myself I more than we do it. So I would like to have more anal play with me, but I'd also like to... That's good wor- for me to know because then I can help with that. But I'd like to work up towards, um, you know, playing, using toys, potentially. Like, I'm intrigued at the possibility of be- of of uh, pegging. Um, okay. And I don't even think I've talked to you about that that much, but I'm like... That's new because I've mentioned pegging to you and you've kind of been against it yeah because it's it's tough for you know there's still that male chauvinistic side that's mm-hmm. like straight men shouldn't like butt play but come on like it's just if there's a way for you to orgasm why wouldn't you like, it's just sensory you know there's it's just nerve endings and things feel good and so maybe we'll actually like work our way up to mm-hmm. you using a dildo on me or whatever or me doing it to myself or we're going up to pegging and I, I don't like it but right now i'm intrigued and i'd like to do more and we have that tristan Terramino anal sex guide for men mm-hmm. video and i know that they do yep educational porn educa- we've talked about educational I, porn i know before. that they do anal play you know i mean that's what the video is is anal play with guys i think that they do, they do pegging but you know it's tough to admit you know to you to the listeners because you have to get over that just that male masculinity side like i'm not gonna like i I don't want to like admit that i want to be in that uh, position of like you're you're submissive i guess because because i guess you're you're not homophobic and we've talked about like anal play isn't doesn't mean that you're no no but there's still there there is still that societal stigma like you know it's like it'd be tough to go out to your group of friends and be like you know it's easy to be like oh yeah i fucked the shit out of her last night but then to be like oh she fucked me or i got pegged yeah. good you know yeah, well, it's still and a that's, little that's the that's what i'm saying like you not being the alpha male you not being dominant i also want to work up to your wife not having those chauvinistic feelings because who cares if you know you're we're we're playing and it's me who's getting the anal play um mm-hmm. 
So and I have to be okay with being the dominating one because I like to be dominated. And yeah, and but I do like to give you pleasure, so I feel like that's a hurdle that I'll be able. I to I think get over. just learning as a couple, um, and I, this isn't swinger related at all because I can't Im- imagine, you know, being comfortable for a while bringing this into a swinging environment because first, yeah. you, no, I, I, would, I don't see us bringing that into a swinging. I mean, environment I, for I know that time. I, I, you know, people. People do, and I, we haven't seen it, but I've heard about mm-hmm. you know people playing. But it's it, it's twofold. I'd have to be comfortable with it, and then we'd have to find a couple that is comfortable with it, where the, it's the girl. Because I I'm not I I don't I'm not comfortable with the guy playing. Mm-hmm. Like so, um, so yeah. So I, it's it's something between me and you learning, and um, I, I that's what I'd like to explore more. And I mean, of course, like I like having anal sex with you and but i know that you're not big into it and you just do it every now and then but i'm Mm -hmm. i'm more into it for myself it's funny i'm more into it for myself and learning to be more relaxed than i think you are i'm i'm hit or miss there's times where i'm i'm into it and there's times right now i'm not and the times that i'm not it comes back to me being uncomfortable being as submissive as i am like I just, I feel, there's times where we're doing it, and there's nothing that you do to make me feel that way, but sometimes I feel like I'm I'm giving in a little bit, or like, I don't know, it's just um, being violated a little bit. Yeah, and, and, and that makes and it see, hard you for have, me to like, want to like, do it. Like, I have that chauvinistic side, but you have the side where, oh, this is being done to me, I'm in this, you know, powerless position, yeah. and... So you have So I I need to feel like I'm in control and I have some kind of power, not being dominant necessarily, but like I'm in control of the situation at and all times. We sort of switched to where and I think when we have just, anal sex you're on top and yeah. so And I think it's come down to But like, I still like to be on like we every now and then I still do want to be on top when we're having anal sex and Yeah, and I I still have a hard time with it. I think what it comes back to is when we first started having anal sex, number one, I felt obligated to do it for you, which is the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. And and I let myself, like, I talked myself into letting, like, initially having anal sex with you because I wanted to make you happy, not because I was comfortable with it. And number two, we probably didn't, I mean, we moved slowly into it, but maybe at some sometimes, maybe not slowly enough, where, you know, it, it can be painful at first. Well, I... So, and then that makes it uncomfortable, and then the more uncomfortable you are, the more it's going to hurt, and Well, yeah, exactly, and that's, for, you know, speaking for myself, that's where I want to get to, you know, I can, you know, you have to, like, if you want to make it a, something for yourself, that's whatever, that's your own thing, if you, but for me, I want to make it so that we can get into anal play with me quicker where Mm -hmm. because because it takes the build-up time where you have to loosen things and play with things and get it you know get you have to loosen the the muscles and your muscles have to be able to loosen to really be able to have a good time relax and it if it takes a while and that's what it is with you when 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 we play with you it takes a while yeah and then it could be a mood killer if you're spending too long even then it's hit or miss because sometimes it's pleasurable for me and sometimes it's it's not unpleasurable but just not pleasurable like there's there's times where i could like just leave it on the table because it's not going to get me there but it doesn't feel bad but it's not feeling good enough but and there's other times where it could it's made me orgasm so maybe if if i really wanted to get into it we'd i'd have to figure out why is it why you know what's the difference between the times where it could make me come and the times where i'm just not into it but i want to get to the point where i can just get myself or we can get me comfortable Mm -hmm. and relaxed to where we can actually just play quicker that's a good resolution that's what i want to do and so that's maybe maybe 2014 is the year of the anal for cal might be we'll see i'm not committing to an anal resolution for me well of course that's why i'm saying it's it's... i kind of felt like you were hinting at that but no (laughs) see and maybe you're just self-conscious about like no it's for me like i don't I, I don't care like that's why i said like if you well, want you, you it would be nice if i did because you'd like to have anal more often than we do i guess but i i it is but i'd also like to play more with me so mm-hmm. um yeah so it might be the year of the anal for you the year of the anal for cal nice so, so i i think listeners out there tell us what your sex sex solutions are if you make any new year's resolutions about your sex life yeah like there's any year, sort of a growth I, like, I think like how good... do you want to grow in your sex life in 2014 mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's a good exercise to go through is to to reflect on your 2013 sex life and think about what improvements you want to dedicate time and effort to in 2014 mm-hmm. so i'm excited for 2014 
I'm excited for the podcast. We've got some great, great topics. We're going to line up some some more interviews. We've gotten some great feedback about the Swinging Around the Lifestyle interviews. Yeah, you guys really like the interviews. That's for sure. Yep, when listeners the, like the, it. The feedback so... we get and we can see the number of downloads and the the interview episodes are definitely very popular. And mm-hmm. so we really like doing them too, the Swinging Around the we Lifestyle. And if you want to be part of that, contact us and it, we aren't we are looking to interview people we know people we know personally but we also would like to as you know because we've done interviews already with listeners who we've gotten to know and who have contacted us mm-hmm. and then we've had great interviews with people who are listeners just like yourselves and so if you ever want to yeah because i mean it comes down to listeners people Swingers like to talk about their exploits. They like to talk about their sex. They like to talk about the experiences that they've had. And so it's just, it's a fun chance to get together and talk. So we're, we've got some interviews that I'm working on lining up. You know, we've, we've heard what the listeners have to say and you like the interviews, but we could always use more people to talk to. So. And JB is the, JB is the, the interview scheduler. (laughs) That I am. So another thing that I want to talk about before we get into the main topic is, Giving or receiving sexy lingerie or underwear as a gift, is it okay or not? And part of the reason I bring this up is because in, if, so, you, if you listen to episode 30, uh, Cal mentioned that he bought me some lingerie for the party that we were going to, and I was really excited about it. But then I was thinking back to like previous times in our marriage or since we've been a couple where I think he's bought me lingerie and I've thought, well, this is nothing but a gift for him. Why would I want this? And it got me thinking, you know, the the if you're looking at conventional behavior, especially like what's portrayed on sitcoms, women get mad at men when they give get lingerie. They're like, oh, why would you give me this? What is this for? Because it's it's the assumption that now they're obligated to have sex. Like the man is saying, here, have sex with me, and this is what I want you to wear. It's like another way for men to suppress women or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like that women's lib movement coming out like oh a man can't give you lingerie because then you have to be submissive and you have to wear it or whatever but for me i like that you gave me what to wear because i knew i was wearing something that you found sexy that was going to turn you on and that you were into but you mentioned that in the past you haven't felt that you have not felt as happy about it do you think it's because you know you've progressed in your thinking oh absolutely yeah i think it was just conventionalism it was the whole uh kind of the same reason that I was originally a little bit closed-minded towards swinging or not thinking about swinging. It's just getting over the conventional way that society tells you you should behave. And I think that, you know, not all women are get angry when they receive lingerie from their men or whatever, but I think that that's might be pretty standard as like, oh, he's getting me lingerie. Well, really, it's just a gift for him. I yeah. think that's a pretty standard. No, and I agree. I agree. And you gotta, but you and, gotta move past that. And I've had that before, where it's like you don't you don't tell me what to wear to the party. I'm gonna pick out what I want to wear to the party. Like, like I want to have that self control and that ability. And even now, I still feel that because sometimes it's just like I want my own right to choose what I'm gonna wear. Mm-hmm. But like whenever we go to a party, you always ask me, "What do you want me to wear? Dress me." You say. And sometimes I like that, and sometimes it's like a burden, and I want you to surprise me, and I want well, you to... Sometimes I want you to put in the effort to think about, well, what would she like me to wear? What do I want to wear? Like, I don't always want to have to dress you. But I always... And even though I might couch it and, and you know, tell me what you'd like, it's always... Well, if I don't like what she wants, then I won't... Then I, you know, I can still wear what I want, but right. it's, it's at least I want to know what you would want, like what you want to see me in. I, I want yeah. to be informed in terms of, well, what do, what does she want to see me so in tonight? Sometimes I like to just give you a, a general style and be like, wear this kind of shirt, but you can pick out the shirt or whatever. Cause I don't always want to have to dress you like, well, you don't ever like, I, like you're saying it like a child, like dress me, well, but kind of, if you're like, this is the shirt you're going to wear. These are the pants you're going to wear. But I, do, I like to know that you're going to like what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. And chances are, if it's a party or wardrobe, I'm going to like. But, but I mean, anyway, that just gets back to the whole, like, lingerie conversation. So I wanted to bring that up because I, I, I think the swinger community is probably more progressive about lingerie in general. But I wonder how frequently women in the swinger community, community receive lingerie as gifts from their, from their significant others. 
I bet it happens pretty frequently. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it happens pretty frequently. You know, in I would say everything about the swinging community is ramped up in terms of when comparing it to non-swinging sex lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely think it happens more yeah. often. And I think um, women in the swinging community are probably more receptive to it because they're mm-hmm. more progressive in terms of their sexuality. Right. It, just like you mentioned, where in the past you haven't been so mm-hmm. appreciative of it and yeah it's just now... another one of those differences between differences in thought process and mindset between swingers and the non-swinger community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i wonder if any of it has to do with um that i also bought myself something like i went to the store yeah that's to true buy something that for me and i saw something that i liked for you and i picked mm-hmm. it up and i picked up i picked up the two items knowing that I was going to wear what I yeah, bought for myself. I think and that, that does. yours was, well, I saw this. I liked it. I thought it would look good on you. Yeah. I, I think that does contribute. Cause I'm thinking like, okay, if it was our birth, if it was my birthday and there was one present that you handed me and all that present was, was like a bustier or something, then I might be kind of disappointed. Like, Oh, that's it. Like something that I can look sexy. And of course I'll get great attention and whatever for it. But that it is a little bit of a backhanded gift because you do benefit too, you know? Yes, yeah. But, but but I think if there was something else to go with it, like another gift or whatever, then I'd be okay with it. But I guess just don't make that the sole gift because then it's it's not an altruistic gift. But you're my, yes. I mean, I, I think it, it, it does come down to just, it isn't that I'm giving you lingerie or that a, a man's giving a woman lingerie. It is that it isn't altruistic. It isn't, you're thinking, you're still, even though it's couched in a gift that's, for you it's really for me but if i think if you really take the time to think about you know i think a man can give lingerie it's you know what does she really like like Mm -hmm. what would really make her happy regardless of what i might like or or what would really make her feel sexy Mm -hmm. and uh, and appreciated and so usually that isn't just giving lingerie it's it's lingerie and something something. else yeah um some some women might need that push from their man too because lingerie like if you go to victoria's secret lingerie is expensive i mean you can get cheaper lingerie from a department store or something like that even lover's lane has stuff that's less pricey but in general some of the nicer lingerie is it's expensive and so i think you know women could feel guilty spending the money on something like that too so if you receive it as a gift that's a little push in that direction to improve your lingerie wardrobe Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm but it is interesting, you know, and it's interesting hearing, it's usually me who points out those revelations, but it's it's cool hearing you point out, you know, this is what was, used to be my mindset, and now this is my mindset, you know, mm-hmm. you give me You're my, rubbing you know, off on me a little can, bit. Oh, it's... always, always, and I leave the, <laughs> I leave the good stuff on your back. <laughs> <laughs> that you do, sometimes my face, <laughs> sometimes elsewhere. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely interesting to hear you talk about the way that you've progressed because you know like i just mentioned that's usually my realm is mm-hmm. reflecting on myself and you more so than you and i always have to drag you into those conversations yeah maybe that would be a better sex uh, new year's resolution for me is to to be more um introspective with regards to our sex life although mm. i think i am pretty introspective i, th- I think you i think you have gotten a lot better plus i think the res- your resolution is very good because I didn't realize that that was really that much of an issue because you haven't really talked about it that much. That it's you're, not. I wouldn't call it that an, getting distracted. I wouldn't but. call it an issue. Where I mean, it it hasn't kept me from enjoying sex, and, and since, I've definitely had or you know orgasm. Since you've had and all the baby, that. it's probably ramped up, and yeah. you know you have other things that you are thinking about, and so or I think I, I can be a clock watcher, not thinking like oh sex is taking too long, but thinking like oh I need to get to bed soon, or oh it's almost this time, I we need to get this done and that done, like it's just. You know, and that, but, that that actually segues us into the main topic that I wanted to talk about today, mm-hmm. which is getting in the mood or staying in the mood, just sustaining your sex life. And I want to talk about that because, I mean, a lot of times men and women aren't on the same page about when they want to have sex, how often they want to have sex, just getting in the mood and staying in the mood in general. And so sometimes there's this disconnect where the the men wants to have sex 
at like like maybe in the evening time or the woman prefers to have sex in the morning or just the the man's turned on but the woman needs more time to get turned on but they don't want to dedicate the time to turning the woman on so i mean it can easily turn into this this routine of just not having sex Mm -hmm. where it's easier to just not have the sex and the man can go off and masturbate and the woman can take care of herself and then you just you you get disconnected so um I don't think we've had too much of a problem with that since we've had a baby, but it, it certainly has come up where just life sometimes gets in the way and you start to get disconnected. And so I just want to talk about staying connected and trying to stay on the same page and and getting yourself in the mood for sex. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, not to be pointing fingers, but I think it is, you know, I'm more, I'm often the one who's in the mood compared to you these days mm-hmm. and... You know, I always bring up the point, usually just jokingly, but half-jokingly, that because there is the research that starting to for starting to have foreplay helps a person get in the mood when they're not in the mood. So I always joke, like, and trying to get you in the mood, like, come on, let's just play around a little bit, and then no, then you'll then you'll get in the mood, and then yeah, and then you always do though. I mean, and, yeah, and I think one one thing to to kind of bring up with that is like sometimes you know spontaneity is nice to have for sex but sometimes you just need to schedule it and be like we're gonna have like we know the baby's going to bed we're gonna have sex tomorrow night or whatever and just commit to it and that's it's not sexy to have a sex schedule i understand that and i'm not saying just for you and i i'm just saying in general it's not sexy to to schedule sex but i think it's worth recognizing that it's better to schedule sex than to not have sex at all i would agree with that and and, and we we are learning that it's you know life does change after a baby and you do have to schedule now i'm not for you know putting on the calendar like tuesdays and thursdays and saturdays are sex nights or whatever no i mean but, but i do like i don't mind the idea of what you just said where it's we're having sex tonight or you know if we we chat we use google quite a bit to mm-hmm. google talk um to talk quite a bit while we're both at work so we stay pretty connected throughout the day, and if it's that earlier in the day, we're like, well, we're having sex tonight. We didn't have sex yesterday or the day before. We're having sex tonight. And to me, it's not really... I, I mean, think it's it, good. It's it good is, to put in that kind of commitment. It is scheduling, but it's not... It's kind of scheduling. And even so far as, like, we're going to have sex tomorrow night, like, you start getting further out than, like, tomorrow night, and then it's kind of... Yeah. You really are scheduling. And... So what, though? I mean, at least you're putting together a plan. And the thing is, I guess, sc- but scheduling me... sex doesn't mean that it has to be mundane sex. No. It doesn't have to be routine. I'm putting it in the missionary style. We're going for six minutes. We're coming. We're done. I mean, it doesn't have to be that way. But Just, my... it's, all, all it's saying is we're, we are making an effort to set aside everything else that's going on in our day and put time to one another. I guess. But I also can recognize that, you know, I was saying, like, saying the morning, you know, that, you know, oh, we're going to have, we're going to have sex tonight. Or we're going to have sex tomorrow night, for sure. Mm-hmm. We're busy tonight, we're going to have sex tomorrow night. But you start getting too far out, and it's like, well, we're going to have sex, you know, if it's Monday. And it's like, well, we're going to have sex Wednesday. It's like, are we really, we really can't fit it in tonight or tomorrow? Like, we really have to, like it's gonna happen when like i don't know you start getting further out and then my mind sort of makes a mental shift where it's like we have to, and we haven't actually done this but if we mm-hmm. did start to schedule it and it's like we're not we're not we're, we're gonna have sex two days from now it's like really we have you you do start to lose a spark i feel like when it gets to be further and i, I don't know it, it, it kind of well, is arbitrary where in my mind it is kind of like Okay. And that's why I'm saying it, it doesn't have to be that way because no, you can no, always. I'm not talking about the actual sex itself. Like I'm not the sex can be wild and crazy, but I'm talking about just the act of, for some reason, the act of like scheduling like yeah. one day out. We like... need to figure out why that is because I don't understand it. Well, be... because I mean that's why I said it's not sexy. Well, to what are we doing? Sex. Well, I guess so. But let's the talk sex about itself a... doesn't have to be. Let's talk about a scenario. Let's say it's Monday and monday morning and we're like we're gonna have sex wednesday night okay what are we doing monday night and tuesday night i don't know there there could there could be company coming over i would be working late what i would say though is more often than not why can't in that scenario i'd rather just say in that scenario unless we really have something scheduled we can't do it monday or tuesday but even then like before you go to bed like in my mind you should never not be able to say at least 
we're having sex tonight or tomorrow night. Well, like, I, guess, I guess what going what, two two days what, out. What that's coming down to is your preference is to never be so busy that you can't have sex either on the day that you're thinking about it or the next day. That, and, I, and I guess that's what it is. You start getting too far out, and it's like, well, okay, we're not actually making sex even close to a priority anymore. Okay, and I so, think so. I guess what you're getting at is you you. you for you, you're comfortable scheduling sex, but only so much so where you can do it within the next 48 hours. And if, well, if I don't you're even... so busy that you can't have sex every 48 hours, then you I don't want to. Even, I don't like to break reconnect. it down that much. Like we have to have sex once in every 48 hour period. But I mean, I guess if I, I mean, if this I kind of what you're getting at, though. I kind of, I guess, but I don't know. To me, it should be kind of spontaneous in in the sense that. I would never want to have a set. I would never actually want to have a set time where, like, we're having sex at nine o'clock tonight. We know he's down to sleep at eight. Well, I want I to have think, sex at nine. I don't think I'd want to set time, but I think I think it's nice to try and focus on a on a set number of times per week, for example. Well, maybe not even having shoot a towards set a goal, date. I guess. But even then, I, I wouldn't want to schedule it in the sense that, like, I don't know. I guess. See, because it's like I said, it's easy. If you don't, though, it's really easy to get in the route of just not doing it. Well, I guess if you have the rule, though, we have sex every other without fail. Like, I mean, you could have sex every day, but if you have the, but at a minimum, we have sex every other day. Okay, well, whatever. But I wouldn't want to schedule. If I, to me, there's still needs well, to be. Well, you'd, you'd prefer your life to be ha- to maintain some level of flexibility. Well, yeah, because it doesn't need to be that rigid. Where even if we had the rule. We for ourselves, we made just a goal. It's not a rule, but a goal mm-hmm. to have sex five times a week. And but we're gonna have that's fine with me. But once you start boiling it down to we're gonna have sex at ten p.m., mm-hmm. then it's like it starts getting to where it becomes. Then there's like a mental shift that happens where it's like not. It's like something that you have to fit in. It isn't something that you do because you want to. It's like, and it's it's interesting the subtle this. Yeah, well, the subtle differences I guess between some sex is something that you need to fit in, though. It is, I guess. Like you should carve out time on a weekly basis to connect with your partner. You... And if if you're not doing that, then you either need to schedule it, like you said, like we're going to do it on Wednesdays between this time and that time, or you need to put more flexibility into your schedule. Like and you I need to is... stop doing what you know cancel some events or I guess cut I'm back of, on your on your hobbies or whatever else it is that's taking up your time. I'm of the mindset that um and I and I and we're not and I'm not suggesting we're not, we're not quite, no no that I mean we I, do this. I I'm know not, but I what I'm trying to recognize is I think that there could be a point there especially for other people there there could be a point where it's something's got to give where you're maybe you're only having sex once a week and, and you I need guess to maybe some, make a, a dedicated commitment to having sex maybe, more frequently maybe than some that. people are so busy that like they have to not only set a day but they have to set a time to me the most that I feel like me and you with our lives right now mm-hmm. we're busy people but we're not so busy in, in the evenings where we can't not watch the tv show we want to watch oh, versus no. yeah. so that's what i mean that's for, what i for mean for us it's more of a we should have a goal for a number of times per well, week that's what i mean and if, try to reach that goal but not if, have set dates that's what i mean and that's where i would and feel that's reasonable for us that's where i feel comfortable saying i want to have sex tonight or i want to have sex tomorrow night but mm-hmm. when tomorrow night comes i would hope that we can just you know, be flexible. Like, we know that before we go to bed, we're going to have sex. And mm-hmm. if, if sex is the last thing we do because we hadn't got to it and we both go to, and we go to bed and we have sex, okay. But, um, but to me, I think I do want to keep a little bit of a spark, a little bit of a, oh, when are we going to have sex? Or I don't know. It just becomes another thing on the calendar. It's like, oh, 10, 10, 10 o'clock, we're having well, sex. Like, but then it can be 10 o'clock, we're having sex, but it can be what kind of sex are we going to have? I guess, what kind of fantasy are we going to act out? What porn are we going to put on? Never, what toy are we going to play We're never with? so bit. I, I mean, and I guess this is getting a little bit not as broad as the listeners probably like. It's a little bit more personal, but maybe they like that too, hearing, you know, we, we are a real couple talking. And to me, it's like I'm never so busy at 10 in, in the evenings, you know, after work from the 7 to 11 o'clock time frame i mean and with the baby we do go to bed a little earlier but in general 7 to 10 30 time frame where at any point in there sex could be had agreed i'm just talking about in general for other people and whatever i'm oh. not suggesting that we schedule well, a time for I was sex talk- i was talking about us I'm, like really what i wanted to talk about for the topic of this show was just maintaining the mood and getting in the mood and 
if if you're not Ske- having sex, then well, you might want to start off by scheduling it well, in some I mean, it's, way, it, shape, or form. It's, that's the fun thing about the show is sometimes you don't know exactly where the tangents are going to go and what becomes the interesting point of mm-hmm. talking. And to me, you know, we haven't really ever actually talked about how either one of us feels about scheduling sex, and so we're talking about it now. And yeah, and I guess when I first started to think about scheduling sex, it was a uh, no. Why would you ever want to do that? But then I started to think, well. If the options are we're not having sex or we're scheduling it because we're we're making a committed effort, I'd rather schedule it and make a committed effort than we're just going to wing it and see what happens and maybe only have sex once or twice a week versus we're making it uh, committed, you know, we are going to do this three to four times a week yeah. or whatever. And again, I'm not suggesting that you and I need to do this, but I think there are couples out there that might. That might really have a, a sex jar out there. Now, if you're in the lifestyle, chances are that's not happening. But you know, every every couple goes through periods of time where they start to lose connection with one another, and then they need to reconnect. Mm-hmm. And that might mean scheduling sex, or it might mean just cutting out some of your other activities. Like, but I guess, but but either way, it comes back to making a dedicated effort to spending more time with each other. One thing, regardless of how you go about doing it. One thing, though, is that. Just so that we can talk um, coherently about it is what we mean when when you say when when we say schedule sex because for me that's it to for in my head when I say schedule sex it's we are going to have sex on Wednesday evening yeah exactly but, and that's what I've said I've said that multiple times because yeah I, I mean we can move on and I guess my point. last thing my last point which I've already made would just be. I, I feel like it's overkill, and there actually would be a spark that's missing that I would like to get back if you get to the point where you actually are scheduling the time of day that you're having sex in advance, say, the day before, where you you know, mm-hmm. in advance. Saying, well, if it's clinical, where you're, exactly. let me get out my schedule, let's get out your schedule. But And that's where I make the argument that, okay, yeah, I, I get that it, you've lost all spontaneity, but you can still have some sense of of excitement by having you know whoever one of the two people plan for a surprise for the other one like you're in charge of the sex tonight and well, so yes. you know then you you might I'll pick do... out a, a fantasy scenario or pick out like like say tonight we're going to use the sex dice or i would completely agree with that completely so so even though you know like for sure we're having sex tonight you don't know what kind of sex it is yeah, so. I would agree with that. I would, and and knowing that I'm having sex or planning for the day of the sex, I'm all for. And I've mm-hmm. I've already said that I'm all for that. But it's it's I would argue I would I would go so far as to say that if you feel the need to schedule the time of sex, you need to reevaluate your Maybe. priorities in the evenings. And I don't know. I that's we some people are really busy mm-hmm. i i i think that's a lot to say so it i'm is. i'm gonna disagree with you on that one. but i'm comfortable i'm comfortable saying it okay i'm gonna disagree <laughs> okay so moving on i i wanted to talk about too is just getting in the mood and staying in the mood and for me this ties back to my sex resolution which is to have my brain be focused on the sex that i'm having because again i get distracted when when we're doing things you know when we're playing with each other sometimes my mind wanders and so i found that for me even if i'm not initially in the mood like you want to have sex and let's say i'm folding laundry or doing something else this happens all the time where you want to have sex i'm busy doing something else um i need to get in the mood and i found that for me i i need something like a movie or some porn or putting on like like swing or you know just different ways to spice things up because the usual, like, I'm going to lean towards you and gently caress your thigh and then start to make out with you. That doesn't always work for me. So It doesn't? I always I always try to make sure it does. <laughs> Just, like, like for me, I, I guess variety helps. Like I say, variety, variety is a spice of life. So getting, if you're finding that you're in the mood and your partner's not in the mood, try throwing some new moves out there. Try... Things like lighting candles or or music or just different techniques that are outside your usual repertoire. Because I think you'll find that it piques the interest of your partner faster. Like, 
if all of a sudden there, there's sexy music going and Kel starts lighting candles or, I don't know, all of a sudden there's a porn on or whatever, like, you better believe I'm going to put down the laundry. But if I'm folding laundry and Kel just leans over and he starts doing the same moves that he's done every time he wants to have sex since we were in college. You don't know my moves. It's easy for me. To, I've oh, got I'm, tricks. I know your moves. i got a million tricks you haven't I even know, seen. I know your moves. His, <laughs> his move is... Come sit down on the couch next to me, and he kind of pats the couch, and then he kind of tries to pull me in, and, and then sound very cheesy. Then he'll give me a little kiss on the cheek, and then he'll move to the lips, and real slow, like. And sometimes I like the little romantic caressing, and sometimes I want my caveman to just pick me up, throw me on the bed, rip my clothes off, and fuck. <laughs> in fact, I even have in the little notes over here: be primal, go carnal, be a caveman sometimes. Me want Jane, you know. I don't know. That's that's Cal me. want to fuck. <laughs> that that might do it. You know, you just walk out in your underwear, hands on hips, like, all right, we're gonna go. Well, or you the naked man. That even goes back to your swinging. So I mean, we they can relate that to swinging. You're you're one like you've learned in your swinging life that you don't. You, you you don't really want the romance, and you. Well, I want the romance with you. Well, you want the romance with me, but, but I don't want the romance when when, I, when, like, when I want to fuck. I want to fuck. When we're swinging with people, you prefer. I mean, you want people to still be respectful, but you want more not aggressive, but you want more. Want more you want domination. more exciting sex. You want. I do. Yeah. You want more exciting. Not you know not be disrespectful to you, but be mm-hmm. be. You know, be an, be a dominant male. Yeah. And... I'm not a piece of glass. You're not going to break me. You're not going to, you know. So you can jostle me around a little bit. Yeah, you like. I'm okay with that. You like a good, you like to be fucked good. I do. But it just gets back to setting the mood might mean doing something outside of your usual moves. I think that for me, that helps. Like like switching it up, changing it up, keeping your partner on their toes. And that, because that'll make it a lot harder for them to be distracted. Because it's like, oh, what's going on? They're intrigued. They're interested. They're curious. I know from my perspective that would make it a lot harder for me to focus on the laundry or whatever else, you know, the 50 million things that I've got going on in my head. There's this, all of a sudden there's porn on TV. Like, what is going on? Like, you know, it's just things like that I think will help get in the mood. Mm -hmm. And then I also think it's important to delve into why your partner isn't in the mood as frequently as you are. I think it's important to, to link things back in to, to figure out if there's some kind of underlying complication that's resulting in this disconnect. I think these are all topics that are that are true to life. Well, not these, so this much. Is, like, this, is a, this is a show that you made the agenda, and, I, and you know, we're keeping things very general, but I think it's, it's obvious. I'm sure it's obvious that, like, these are, these are issues that we deal with, that we're well, dealing with. I think it's something we've... We have dealt with in the last few months, but to me, it's not so much an issue issue. It's just, uh, you know, well, it's it's an ever-present topic, I think, for all couples. That's true. That's true. But I don't think we should pussyfoot around it. I'm often in the mood more than you are. You, you are. Know, let's it's be true. honest about it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And part of that could be you're a man with a bigger sex drive, but for me, you I... You know it. You are. It's, <laughs> it's true. And, and part of it, I attribute to a few different things in our lifestyle. This is... You know, I've I've sat down and I've thought, why is there a discrepancy? We, you know, we're certainly not having sex as often as we used to before the baby. But I'm not dissatisfied with our sex life. I don't know if you are or not, but oh, he's shaking his head. This is radio. <laughs> I'm 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 not. I'm not. I mean, <laughs> the frequency has gone down, and and but you I know, can, I know why, and that's the thing is you, you need to know why, and if it's something you can fix, or well, the P's not going in the V. That's why he's not going in the V. Yeah, <laughs> or in the A, or in the M, or. <laughs> But, like, well, number one, I, I go to bed a lot earlier, so that makes our evenings a little bit shorter. I fall asleep in the well, couch Well, we've had to shift easily. schedules with the with the, with baby. the baby. We yep. have to, you know, you're up more at night than I I mean, I know why. You know, you're well, up more at night than I am with part him. Part of it, too, is my, my you get up sex earlier. drive is different. Like, I, I'm breastfeeding, and it's it's fairly common knowledge out there for any woman who's breastfeeding that just the, the hormones that are present in your body when you're breastfeeding – decreases your sexual your sexual desires that doesn't mean i don't get horny well i still get horny but but, but not reason, as frequently as i used to but the reason you want to talk about it for the show though is that you think it is important for somebody to try to figure out why they're absolutely yeah yeah and for us we know why but i i think there could be couples out there maybe again maybe not so much in the lifestyle maybe just regular vanilla couples but i think it happens in the lifestyle too where 
one person might want sex more than the other person or or one person in the couple is just not in the mood as frequently and i think it's important to sit down to figure out well why why aren't i in the mood why why do i not want sex as often as cal and for me the answers were pretty easy but for other people it could be something that you don't even realize is an underlying problem like it could be something like stress from work or your household environment is stressful or maybe there's been some kind of recent change in your life and and you're not even realizing what it is because i think that again it's easy for life to get in the way and for routine to get in the way and for uh you know your your sex could diminish and you don't even realize it but your partner could realize it so Mm -hmm. these are just conversations for partners to have um or if you're the partner and you're not being satisfied, you need to, to bring it up. So another thing that, that could be happening is your sex drive could be a minute diminishing because you have a sexual issue that you may or may not want to bring up with your partner. Something like um, ED, erectile dysfunction, or, or just a uh, hormonal imbalance or something that's leading to a lack of a sex drive. Like I've, I've got a, um, a friend who has been with her husband for years and years and years and she has always wanted more sex than him always like and he would be content with having sex maybe once a week and she wants it every night and there's been this disconnect for years and she didn't say anything to him for a while and that i mean that creates some bitterness that creates problems that could lead to cheating or yeah over over years it can you yeah know, it can be a, it, it can festers. be a barrier and yep. yeah and eventually she she did bring it up after you know i think she confided in some of her friends to for some help and i think the the general consensus was you need to talk to your man and he ended up being diagnosed with a low testosterone level oh really I mean, it, yeah it was i like, hadn't heard that was it, that recently uh maybe a year or so ago i mean they they gave him uh testosterone uh, oh, I didn't know that. Testosterone I mean, cuz I've always I've always known this couple that you're talking about. I've known that that was an issue where mm-hmm. she wanted to bang like a rabbit and he never did and Yeah. Yeah, um, and it, it made her it lowered her self-esteem because she thought, "Well, he's not attracted to me. I must be too fat." Like all these other issues were happening when it was an underlying medical problem. So, uh, you know, that's that's always something to talk about. If one yeah. partner's in the mood and another partner's not yeah. in the mood, and they why, let it why go aren't for, you in the mood? They let it go. How long have they, have they been married? You know, they let it go They've for a while. They've been together for 15 years. They let it go a long time. So, I mean, so they, they let it go for several years. I mean, they have three kids. Clearly, they've had sex. But yeah, I mean, obviously not, they bang. Not, but... not at the rate that she wanted them to be bang, bang, banging away at. I mean, she's not too bad. We should have brought her over. <laughs> I think she would have. <laughs> We should have converted her. They live out of state now. I, I, I actually remember you talking to this individual mm-hmm. and mentioning, like, have you ever thought about swinging? But I don't think for them swinging would have been the right thing to do. Well, no, um, especially not if the man was having, like, a medical issue. You don't want you don't want him to start feeling adequate as a man either, you know. I mean, yeah. there's, there's all and kinds I, of... And I think you were bringing it up to because it's not just swapping, but as everybody in the lifestyle knows, it's more of a sexually adventurous lifestyle in general you don't have to swap to be a swinger you can mm-hmm. be somebody who just goes and watches and so i you know you you know it I, might be something I, just to get them both in the mood exactly and, and so i think that would have been more for you know you know just being in a sexually charged atmosphere i think that mm-hmm. was what you were thinking right that just being yeah, in a sexually exactly. charged atmosphere would sort of spark things up but yep. no that's i'm actually that that's cool that you brought that up because i it's um because I've, I've thought about that every now and then like oh mm-hmm. they don't i wonder if it's better <laughs> Mostly, it's just been like, oh yeah, they, that couple doesn't bang. <laughs> oh man, that's hopefully it's not what you think every time you see them <laughs> in the back of your head. Well, I doubt they're listeners, so we're okay on that front. <laughs> so, yeah. is there anything else that you want to you want to bring up that you can think about? Just being in the mood, getting your partner in the mood, staying in the mood. No, I think I I you did a good job you know outlining the I'm, the issues and and true to form like it is it it is something that was on the brain of mine because we haven't our, our sex the amount of times we're having sex has decreased from what it was and and i know that you're in recently you've been the one who's been pushing to have sex and i had to sit down and think about why you know what what's going on here and that led me to think well we can do a show about this yeah no you, you know you did you did a great job i think outlining you know the the potential issues, the things to think mm-hmm. about. It could be 
physiological that is causing an issue and so it, there's there's a lot of aspects to think about and mm-hmm. and don't just let it fester for yeah. 15 years you, you know figure out well what's going on why don't i want try yeah. to think about it and and it could you know, be really... something like your work or your schedules are just getting in the way and that's yeah, where and, and if schedules get in the way you know scheduling you know I, you know we talked for a great I guess length we, for we me, talked a great length about it and... not so much as scheduling is just making a conscious effort because those are those can be the same but they're not they don't have to be mutually exclusive mm-hmm. just making a conscious effort and that's what i've been trying to do over the last few weeks is just make the conscious effort so that's kind of part of my like a maybe a second part of the sexual revolu- revolution <laughs> resolution that yeah, and I'm I, making. I didn't know anything about what this show topic was. Uh, another, you know, another peek behind the curtain. I did that last episode too. Is that you know? I like some... to think of it as behind the underwear. <laughs> a peek behind the thong. But is there really much to peek behind in a thong? Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. That's just the crack. <laughs> but. I, so I, you know, we'll usually trade off who writes the agendas for what episodes and who usually takes the lead on, you know, the topics and... So the better shows are the ones that I plan. (laughs) Just throwing it out there. But, so I actually hadn't even really, I I didn't know what we were going to talk about really. And so the sex resolutions I thought was really fascinating because, number one, it gave us a good chance to talk because I've been thinking more about anal play with myself Mm -hmm. more, but I hadn't really talked about it with you. So it gave us a good time to bring that up. And I hadn't made it like I hadn't really like formally thought like this is what I want to do in 2014. Well, now, but now you have. I have. Yep. And um, and it was interesting to hear yours as well because you hadn't really I didn't really you know I knew that I'm know, a woman. There's always something else running in the back of my head, and and it shouldn't be that way. Now when we're in like swinging, that definitely goes down because you put a drink in me and I, my multitasking capability decreases significantly. So I guarantee you, whenever we've been in swinging environment, my brain is dedicated. Yeah, like I, I, maybe 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 with the baby, it's ninety nine point nine percent dedicated to swinging, with the point one percent thinking, okay, when do we need to get home? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a swinging swapping environment, it's you know your your mindset's already kind of in a party mm-hmm. slash have fun yeah. mode. Versus just the difference. It's the difference between being at home and yeah, you know, living the the um, just living the, uh, your normal life versus you know your swinging life right. and your your swinging encounters and experiences and trying to reconcile those two and and everything and mm-hmm. reconcile how your sex life could be or what you want it to be versus how it currently is and trying to improve or and always keep growing i mean that's sort of what i don't think you should ever be complacent just like you shouldn't be complacent with any aspect of your life yeah that you should always try to keep growing and maturing and that's why again why i thought your sexual your sex uh resolutions was great because those are two aspects where we want to grow in our sex life you don't want to stagnate in anything and so that one that was good thank you so with that, let's move on to something we've been meaning to do for the last few episodes, but we've just been t- too, too, too big of talkers where we haven't got to it. Yeah. But um, So a little while back, we happened to see the movie um, Lovelace, and it's a biopic that came out this year. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it came out in 2013. Came out in 2013, yeah, yeah. not in so, 2014. So it came biopic out in- came out in 2013. Um, about Linda Borman. That's her real name, but she her stage yeah. name was Linda Lovelace. All of you would know her as Linda Lovelace, uh, the the infamous individual from um, the movie Deep Throat. The big time, one of the first major uh, movies to bring porn to the wide audience of, yeah, the 1978 film, I believe, Deep Throat. So that was the mm-hmm. original, and this is the biopic covering her life. Yep. So it, it covers the from the ages of 20 to 32, according to Wikipedia. And so Amanda Seyfried plays Linda Lovelace, and then uh, Peter Skarsgård, um, Sharon Stone, Adam Brody, and Juno Temple are also in it. Um, yeah. Peter People... Skarsgård is the, the um, second lead. He's the, the male lead. He, he plays Chuck Trainer, mm-hmm. um, Who is, he's essentially uh, Linda Lovelace's man her becomes her husband and but, and he also has a part in getting the the film made 
so you've always said that you're not into girls, but there are a handful of exceptions, and Amanda Seyfried is one of those exceptions that is one of your um, yeah, self-proclaimed I, girl crushes. I get girl crushes every now and then. That doesn't mean I'd play with them, but they're they're girls that I find to be incredibly attractive and that I I don't mind watching on screen or whatever. You probably would. So but I find them. I find them pretty. If you were hot. in the same room in a in a swinging environment, maybe. Yeah, maybe. My my other big girl crush is on um the the lead girl in Smash and her name is is all of a sudden escaping me. It's not Megan Hopi, it's the other girl, but now I can't remember. Is it her Mick name. something? Mick No. Oh, I, McPherson? Or, no, it's or... it's not. Now her her name is slipping me, but if I remember I'll bring it up, but anyway. So general thoughts about the film. I liked it. It's so the movie starts off with um Linda being a naive girl and she meets um Chuck Trainer and he gets her into he has connections and he gets her into um shooting shooting porn and shooting shooting the deep throat movie in general mm-hmm. and then so the movie is very interesting in the way that it structures itself and I, I don't think it's a good thing. It's it's essentially two movies or two halves. Yeah, it's it's very nonlinear. Well, no, it's it's very linear. But then it starts over and yeah. we and so it's like the first half of the movie is very happy go lucky, uh, very fun, showing oh what a great time I'm I've met these people I'm getting into this life I've made I'm making this a great movie and then I get all this acclaim and fame from mm-hmm. it and then all of a sudden the movie switches. And it go it kind of goes back in time and shows how things weren't quite so good. Yep. Chuck Trainer was he was ab- putting her abusive into prostitution, to her and he would force her to do things for money. Uh, you know, essentially, essentially, um, prostitute. Or, mm-hmm. is, is that like is that? Can yeah. you use it as a as a verb like prostitute her out? <laughs> <laughs> she became his whore. Yeah, and um, so the movie then shows the dark the darker side of her story. And both halves were interesting. The first half was obviously much, much more sexier. Enjoyable. I think you know yeah. we. I think even during part of it, you know, you were just blowing me. I think just because I was. It, was, it was it was pretty hot and fun to watch. You know this the the glamorous the ground the glamorous movie making life. But then you know there is always the dark side. Well, not always, but in this case there, there was, was a dark side. There was yeah. a dark side, and I don't. I wasn't really well. Actually, I guess this should have been said at the beginning. So spoilers. Semi spoilers for the movie Lovelace. Um, it, it is a biographical pick, though, so it is. Yeah, so the story is a true story. Out there, the story is yeah. essentially a true story. But I just wasn't a fan of how it was structured, and that it was one half, and then it and then it goes and shows you the same story, just the all the all the dark aspects you didn't see. Yeah. You know, while she was getting up on stage, uh, um, I, f- I forget exactly why she was on stage at the end of the movie, but she was. I, I think just they, they had were shown, presenting her. They had shown a. The, um, they had, I think they had shown a screening of the show, film, and so then yeah. they just had the star get up at the end, and, and you know the first half of the movie shows that moment, and it seems like a really great moment, a uh, highlight for her, and then it, and then the second half shows that it actually wasn't the highlight that you thought it was, but I think it could have been structured more linearly and woven the darker aspects in and to just make one one cohesive um narrative instead of instead of breaking it up and i think you know it sort of makes the filmmaker seem a little amateurish in that we don't know we or you know the screenwriters had to blame too but like they don't know exactly like how to weave it to make it work so they're like well we'll show this half that we think works well and then we'll show the other half and we'll show the other half. Yeah, I mean, I was really disappointed about how little time was actually dedicated to the filming of Deep Throat itself. Yeah, they showed her. Uh, they showed her filming the primary scene of the movie, which, if you've seen Deep Throat, it's where uh, the she's visiting the doctor and he's figuring out that her clitoris is actually in the back of her throat. You said that funny, Herc. <laughs> Her but clitoris, clitoris. Everybody's, you know, it's, it, that's a word, you know, most of the time, clit. most of the time you just say it's clit, but it's, clit, it's yeah. always funny when somebody actually says the full word because is it clitoris? Is it clitoris? Is it, where's the emphasis going? Is it, usually it's. Well, yeah. I'm going to say clit now. <laughs> so, so there, it's the, the scene where he's figuring out where her clit is located and then they start to, she starts to blow him and then there's uh, the movie, the actual Deep Throat movie cuts, cuts to like fireworks and rockets and, you know, all kinds of different 
meaning meaningful ways to show you orgasm that's happening and that's really all they showed of the filming of deep throat and everything else around the movie was getting to that point and what happened after the fact which in and of itself sounds like it should be interesting but it just wasn't like i i don't know they i feel like they didn't make the story as interesting as, sh- as it should be because of the way they separated it out into the two yeah, halves. Yeah, it could have The whole second half of the movie was so so was dark a, and such yeah. a downer. You just, like, you felt bad for this girl the whole time. You didn't like Linda Lovelace because she wasn't self-respecting and, like, she allowed herself to be put in this position that she was. In the first half, it was fun and yeah, it was all bubblegum. Everything's fine. But now. it was only, it was short, you know, because then it didn't seem, it was like, okay, I just watched half a movie and in general, the whole movie itself, I think, is only an hour and a half long anyway. So yeah. it it makes for almost like two TV shows, neither of which is very fulfilling. And it was... So it, I, I was disappointed at the end of the film where I was like, ah, that wasn't what I want. It wasn't what I wanted it to be. It was interesting to compare. We pulled up the actual Deep Throat um, video. Mm-hmm. And we, so we watched the uh lovelace version of the deep throat with amanda seyfried of the deep throat scenes and mm-hmm. then we got out the actual deep throat that we yeah. have they're actually and pretty close they're, even down to the clothes that she was wearing it was, it was interesting watching both of those back to back and we actually should watch we actually you know we actually haven't watched the actual deep throat yeah just the um, scenes that from we start watched. to finish we've we watched to compare to the it's to lovelace <laughs> and oh yeah harry and harry reams is not an attractive man the actual deep throat it'll I'm imagining it'll be a chore to actually sit through, but we should. Yeah. I feel like we should sit through it and talk about it on the show. That'd we be, should. That'd be kind of cool too. You know, maybe retro porn reviews. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's something we should do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll look at that bush. Maybe we'll start with Deep Throat and see how it goes, and maybe watch the big ones, the mm-hmm. the famous ones, the um the. Oh shoot! Of course, now. we have to get some Ron Jeremy in there. Oh yeah, yeah. So that would be kind of cool. That'd be kind of fun to do. You know, retro. Retro porn reviews. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. So I guess overall impressions. I think it's worth a watch if you're if you're familiar with Deep Throat. If you're familiar with Linda Lovelace, it's worth checking out. But I was sorely disappointed. Well, not sorely. I, w- I was disappointed in it. It wasn't as good as I expected it to be. I agree. I agree. So let's give numbers. I'd give it a six. That's about where I'm at. And I think the narrative could have. I think they could have got up to an eight or so if they just would have. The stories there. If they just could have woven everything together instead of instead of instead of Mm -hmm. having such disparate, you know, halves. Yeah, and um, I mean the acting was good. I thought Peter Skarsgård was a good sleazy man. He always plays a good sleazy man. I think he's a good actor in general. I think Amanda Seyfried did did a good job too. Yeah, Um, yeah, she's. She's playing very, Linda Lovelace. She's a sexy actress, and I think that she has a. She's always. She, she had good brains. I think she always usually she's good in the things that um that she's in, mm-hmm. and I would I I would recommend it, even though I as a film fan I recognize that it's not a very good movie, but yeah. as a as a I don't like a fan of of just. Sexual sexuality. Sexu- yeah, as a as a fan of sexuality just... and. And exactly, film. like we watch, we watch porn together. We're open about that. We've talked about it on the show. We're mm-hmm. fans of porn. We are fans of exactly fans of sexuality in general. And so, there's only so many things out there that are not porn that deal that delve yeah. into sexuality. And so, I think this is this isn't an X-rated film. It's an R-rated film, and it's a mainstream film. Yeah, and it's dealing worth- about a dealing with an industry that we find fascinating. Yeah. And it's, so, it's worth the hour and a half. It's not one that I'm going to buy and rewatch. No, no, and I completely agree. So if they have it on Amazon or Hulu or something, maybe rent it. And I'm serious about retro porn reviews now that I've thought yeah. about it. I think that's a segment that we definitely got to do. think about that. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so I, I think we've wrapped up our topic for today. So if any of you have recommendations, I mean, I'm sure we can get online and find a million, you know, best of uh, porn lists. But if any of you have particular um Early, you know, seventies and eighty eighties porns that you think are worthy of reviewing, either they're funny, unintentionally funny, just a seminal work. I mean, mm-hmm. Deep Throat is very cheesy, but it's a seminal work in the porn, you know, the porn, um, the porn's history. Mm-hmm. So let us know because here live we have created a new segment. We have retro porn reviews from swinging around. <laughs> All right, and with that, I think you can take us home. Okay. 
So, you guys should know our email address not by now, but if you're a new listener, I'll bring it out there. You can email us at swingingaround at gmail.com. We'd love to get your feedback and stories. We also have a phone number for voicemails. That's 415-7-SWING-7. You can go right to our voicemail, leave us some sexy messages, uh, give us some orgasm, whatever you want. We'd love to hear it, and we'll play you on the air. Yeah, leave us a question, comment, or whatever. And as a bonus, you get to call in and hear a JB's sexy voice. I am on the recording. <laughs> we have started a new Cassidy community, so we'd love to see you join that and start posting some questions, topics, feedbacks, thoughts on the message boards. Connect with other listeners. And, Connect with yeah, other, I mean, that's really the primary who, purpose. You you know you have a commonality that you all you listen mm-hmm. to this podcast. and Yep. And then we're on Twitter at Swingin' Around, no G at the end of Swingin', and on Facebook as well. All right, everyone. Stay sexy and stay swingin'. Break.